Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey there, Get to Vet, Trevor Maxwell here, got my name right, and we are back for the first time in a long time. With me, as always, is my partner in podcasting. Mike Riggs, great to be back. Hell yeah. This is uh, the last time we recorded an episode, I think, was with Bob Louthan back in January, and um, we saw the opportunity here. Um, we've got a special guest with us. He's been on the podcast before. In fact, I think he was the first third-party guest that we had on the show, if I, memory serves me correct, correctly. So, Jose, go ahead and say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Hey, uh, so Jose Nicola... If you don't know, he uh, works with uh, the recovery. What is it? The Care Coalition now, or so uh, I work with Navy Wounded Warrior. Now. Oh, okay, that's yeah. And and so I know the the big thing is is we had reached out to you because you had put a post out there uh, on LinkedIn talking about like, hey, you know, I have all this content uh, that I want to share about um, the VA claims process and. Um, you know, that's, I said, Hey, why don't, why don't we just record like a special, like mini miniature season uh, and give you that opportunity to do that and, and spread the knowledge. So we have, uh, this is going to be the first of eight episodes that we have coming up talking about a variety of topics. And, um, you know, so we'll, we'll release a new one every week, but uh, make sure you tune in, subscribe to those. If you're not already subscribed to the show and share it with your friends, because this is probably one of the most important things that you'll do during your transition. And today is March 29th. Um, I made a fantastic post about uh, <laughs> VA claims today. Um, so, you know, if you haven't seen that, go check it out on my profile. But uh, Jose, I'll let you kind of uh, lead here. And then Mike and I will just provide colorful commentary as necessary. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So one of the reasons, uh, and thank you again for having me on the show. Uh, I do appreciate the, the opportunity again to share the information that I've gained throughout my time as, a, as, a, as an advocate with uh, first with EOD and now with the Navy Wounded Warrior Program as a whole. Um, so these experiences that I'm about to share are, are personal experiences. These experiences are things that I have assisted other transitioning veterans with. Um, it's nothing new. It's nothing groundbreaking. Um, like I said before, I don't own the process. I've just taken the process and looked at it and, 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 and kind of streamlined it and catered it to my clientele. And I believe that, uh, that if you follow it, you'll be successful in your transition process, whether it's six months, two years, or a month before you get out, you should be able to plug this in and use it. So, uh, with that said, one of the things, one of the things that I, I do is I sit down with my clients and, and, and we do planning. We do a goal setting session like most, most uh, financial planners and other, other planners, they do a goal, uh, a goal setting session. And the same thing should happen for transition. Once again, regardless of where you're at in your transition, two years, a year, six months, uh, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Um, yes, your timeline shorten up and you'll have to be quicker but this should apply. So what I discuss with them is, you know, think about your transition goals, create an outline. What are your plans? A lot of people, they don't know. 
a lot of the transitioning veterans, veterans that I speak with, they don't know what their plans are. It's a surprise to them that they have to transition because of who I deal with. And even if you're two years out or a year out, they still don't know. They've been in the military for an X amount of time. And they're like, Jose, I don't really know what I want to do. So that's why goal setting at the beginning is very important. So what I go through them is I, I, I go through, okay, let's think about this. When you get out, when you transition, are you going to go to work? And if so, what do you need to do to, to do that? And obviously, it's creating a resume, learning how to put on an interview, a, a suit, if you've never done that before. You know, all the kind of offerings and all the suggestions that you get from any of the transition courses that you get on any military base. But they are important, you know, resume writing, both federal and civilian learning how to dress for a specific interview. Not every interview requires a suit, right? You're not going to go, you know, you're not going to wear a suit to a construction job interview when a pair of work boots and jeans and a hard hat is going to be sufficient, but you don't want to go looking like a bum either. So learning those kind of nuances. So you go, okay, I'm going to go to work. What is, what field are you going to get into? Are you going to continue in your military field? Are you going to explore other options? Keep your parameters open. Because don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking all I've done is I'm in the medical field and that's all I've done and that's all I'm going to do. Or, um, uh, you know, I'm an EOD tech or uh, I'm, a, I'm a yeoman or whatever other job you have in the military. And that's all you think your, your value is. You're much more valuable than that. Look at your leadership. Look at your technical skills. So I, I go through that with them as far as work. Are you going to go to work and go to school? So what is that going to look like? You know, what school are you going to go to? Are you going to go to a VOTEC? Are you going to go to a community college? Are you going to go to a, a big university? And, and are, where are you going to work? So you have to find a job that is going to accommodate your school schedule. So you have to think about that, right? So we go through that process. Are you one of those people that's like, Jose, I'm just going to go to school. I got it. I got my BH. I got my benefits. You know, uh, I'm set up pretty good. Uh, I'm just going to go to school full time and I'm going to live off that. Great. If that's your choice, if that's, you can do that financially, great. You know, uh, what school, you know, uh, are you going to go once again, Votech, community college? Are you going to go to four-year university? Um, what are you going to use? Uh, and, and how can you take advantage of the resources prior to getting out, such as DOD skill bridge, such as these internship programs that you can do. There's up onward to opportunities such as, uh, there's all these other transition programs like Honor Foundation. I think there's a, there's a ton of them that we can discuss, but those can lead to opportunities, right? Entrepreneurship. Are you one of those people that's like, hey, I don't want to work for nobody. Uh, I want to start my own business. Okay. There's plenty of resources out there to do that. How can I help you? How can you get in touch with those resources to start your own business, to start your own foundation? I see so many especially special operators like you guys, EOD guys and SEALs that get out and what do they do? They end up non, they end up starting uh, foundations, nonprofits. I have, I have a lot of, a lot of friends that have started these nonprofits. Uh, Giving Back USA is a, is a good example of that. They offer uh, hunting services for veterans and things like that. So look at those kind of opportunities. Are you going to live off disability? Like no, I'm not working. I'm not doing anything. I'm just going to go hide in the woods in West Virginia I'm going to build my cabin. I'm going to go hunt and fish in and I'm good. Okay, great. What is it going to take you to do that? You know, financial planning, making sure you have all the resources, healthcare, et cetera. So 
that's kind of how I highlight. I start the meeting like that. You're going to fit into one of these categories. Uh, maybe you fit into more than one, but typically you'll fit into one of these. And that doesn't mean you're going to stay in one of these. You can transition from going straight to work to work in school to going from work only to school only. You could try going to work, but you hate work. So then now you go into, now you're like, hey, I got a great idea. I'm going to start my business. Um, or you get to a point in your life where you're like, hey, I don't need to do any of this. I, man, I realize I can live off my disability, my retirement. I'm good. So you're, you're not just going to fit into one of these categories. You, you may move around until you find the right niche. It's not a perfect process. It's a, it, like anything else. You, you're going to grow with it and you're going to evolve into what you're eventually going to do after the monetary. So that's how I start off with. Um, I also talk about relocating. Okay, so you're relocating. Maybe you're not relocating back to your home of residence. Maybe you're from Florida. Maybe you're from Texas. Maybe you're from Illinois, but you don't want to go there. You want to go somewhere else, Montana, Alaska, Idaho. Maybe you want to live in Europe, you know, because that's what you've always wanted to do and you're moving to Europe. What is that going to take? What state? What are, the, what are the benefits? How to access those benefits in that state or in that country? You know, cost of living. What is your dollar going to cost you to live in that state or in that country? How to maximize your dollar? How to maximize your retirement income? How to maximize your disability income, right? So those are food for thought, right? And, and the way to com compile all that and and I know a lot of people have heard of this before, but we use it a lot. It's developing your SMART goals. This takes execution. It's not just, you know, uh, look at it, say, okay, got it, put it down, set it aside. This is, takes time. It takes a little bit of thought and it takes execution. So what are SMART goals? They have to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and they're time bound, right? Um, and we can go into further detail in, in a later time, but you know, there's plenty of, you can just Google smart goals uh, on the computer and it's going to show you all these resources on how to effectively write a smart goal, you know? Um, and I think on one of my LinkedIn posts, I put on, I put the link on from mindtools.com. It has a little quick five minute spiel on how to do that. Right. So I think if you do those things, if you build this outline, if you, with, with your SMART goals, with a little bit, at least even if you're not sure of what you're going to do at the beginning, at least put it on paper, get it on there, write it, you know, create your vision for yourself in the next uh, priority transition. You're going to start, you're going to realize that it's out there and now you're held accountable for it and now you're going to start doing it. So those are some things that I start off planning uh, when I sit down with, with my clients that are transitioning out. Now, when we talk about transition, there's different types of transition, right? You're gonna, you're you're getting out after four years, um, you're retiring after 20 plus year career in the military, whatever that may be. You're being medically separated, you're being medically retired, and there is a difference, you know. And each one of them has a little nuance, right? Uh, and, and, and there's plenty of information out there on what those nuances are. You know, medical separation in a nutshell is you're being medically separated either with benefits or without benefits. So that's dependent on your uh, DOD rating, not your VA rating. That's depending on your DOD rating. If you were being, uh, if you were sent to the medical board 
or the Integrated Disability Evaluation System or the IDES. And so from that, the military has decided, whatever branch has decided to either separate you with severance pay based on your time in service. They do a computation, they give you, and they give you a monetary severance pay, which is taxable and which I believe you have to end up paying back, if I'm not mistaken. It's offset with your VA disability um, to some extent. And I'm not an expert at that, but I think that's how that works. Uh, or you get separated without benefits, meaning that um, you didn't do enough time in and you get nothing. You get no severance, no TRICARE benefits. You're just being separated out. See you later. Bye. And then, of course, if you hit that DOD rating of, uh, I say 30%, but it's uh, you know 20% or more, they do in increments of 10. They don't do 25 or 35. 30% uh, or more from the DOD, you're considered medically retired. And, and then at that point, you get certain benefits, not all, but you do get the main benefit you get is TRICARE healthcare, right? You get your healthcare and stuff like that. Uh, and you're either placed on temporary duty retirement list, uh, which is a three-year program. You get evaluated every 18 months. At the end of that three-year evaluation period, you're either taken off TVRL and, and you're given an opportunity to come back into the service, which most people say no. Uh, you are either moved from TDRL to the permanent disability rating side of it, retirement list. And, and, and at that point, and to be honest with you, I think the numbers for that are over 95% of TDRL people move over to PDRL. So there's all these different nuances, uh, but they all lead to the same thing. You're transitioning. You're making a move from military life to civilian life. And starting and planning and goal setting is one of the things that can get you on a path to successfully and hopefully smoothly transition. So uh, that's, that's what I do at first. Um, and I work with people to, to help achieve their goals as best as I possibly can. So uh, I don't know if there's any questions on any of the things. We can go over the SMART goals. We can go over more specifics about what I do. But that's how I start off the process. I think there's a couple of things that Mike and I are definitely very knowledgeable on. The first being the honor foundation. Mm -hmm. And the other thing would be living in a cabin in West Virginia. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's where we're both from. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I definitely would like to dive into that at some point in this little mini series, the differences mm -hmm. between uh, medical retirement, regular retirement, yeah. And just uh, separation. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Mike, do you have something to add? Yeah. You know, we covered a lot of different paths you could either you take out of the military. And I'll say this I think no matter what path you go down, whether you're the 30 year retired guy like me, whether you're four years into it, you separate, whether you're two years into it and you get, you get injured and you're medically retired, whether you're, you know, you're, you've done 10 years, you've had enough, you got your degree, your, you know, your blended retirement system is doing great for you and you got something better to do, find a mentor. If you're going to go into the workforce, find a mentor that was a veteran that's gone, gone the path before you. Find someone who's gone to school, who's maybe in that school. You know, a lot of these universities, especially the large state schools, they have huge student bodies that are have veteran, you know, associated student bodies that you can reach out to, to talk to those folks and get, get their advice and avoid some of the pitfalls 
that they may have experienced on their way on the path. You know, it may be the VA was slow in paying their tuition. It may be, hey, did you think about, you know, housing up here in uh, UC Berkeley is expensive as hell. So you're, you're probably going to have to look at different types of housing or it may be whatever it may be. You know, if you're going to do the, the half and half and want to work a little bit and want to go to school, uh, you know, that's, that's another path you probably need to talk to somebody about, you know, the other thing, if you're going to go full-time retired, disabled, all that kind of stuff, where are you going to live? You know, really start to crunch those numbers and see how that looks like over time and find somebody who's done it, be humble, find somebody who's done it, find a few people who've done it is better and then seek those folks out and gain the knowledge because the enemy always gets a vote in all this crap. So it's best to learn from other people's mistakes than to have to learn from your own. It's a hell of a lot less painful. That's absolutely right. I, th I think, uh, you know, one, in my experience dealing with uh, some of the people that have crossed my path, I've had a few of a few that have, that have been able to successfully transition and retire so to speak, not work, nothing. They just go and they're, and they're happy and they're transitioned life and they don't have to work because they've built a nest egg. They're financially sound and they're able to do it. Now, I'm not, not saying these people are millionaires. I don't know their exact financial picture, but they're not, they're not living homeless either and they're not struggling. They're comfortable. They've made the decisions. They've downsized. They've paid off debt. They've prepared. And preparation is the key, right? Rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal is what you guys do in training is what I've learned in Navy is rehearse, 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 right? And so the same thing, prepare, 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 prior. Pre-preparation is going to help you execute the mission if, all, if we can use that terminology, right? So, and that's where the SMART goals come into play. You know, like you said about uh, finding a veteran mentor, that's phenomenal. You know, uh, and there's plenty of resources out there that you can do to 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 find those. You know, look at what do you want to accomplish. You know, are those goals that you want to do uh, are they short? Are they long? You know, are they realistic? That's the thing. A lot we set a lot of goals. I want to win the lottery. That's my goal. Is that a really a realistic goal? No. That you know, that so, actually is one of my uh, primary yeah. goals. It's well, funny because people say you're. Term. You're a financial advisor and your primary plan for retirement is yeah. to win the lottery. And I'm like, yeah, this is financially I'm, sound. I'm, I'm doing B, C, and D right now in case A doesn't pan out for me. Right. right? right. So, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, I wanted to add something on that yeah. too, because like mentors and, and I've seen this before. And I know Mike has too. We've talked about it with people like, as much as I hate to say it, because veterans love to help other veterans, uh, there are some some people out there who, you know, really they're they're masquerading as wanting to help in order to to make a buck. Like they are out there. I think they're few and far between. But we've encountered that. Uh, Mike has, you know, a guy we talk about all the time. Earl uh, encountered a situation like that, and yeah. He, um, but I think for the most part, yeah, the veterans love helping other veterans. And um, while we're talking about that too, I wanted to dive into the smart goals and, and show, cause I, I know like we've seen that stuff, but I know there's tons of people out there who haven't. And they're like, what does he mean? Smart goal. So, 
so smart goals, if you want to break it down into e each letter represents something. So for example, the S is specific and, and what do they mean by that? So when you, when you start your smart goals, you're looking at, you know, you want to be specific. You don't want to say, well, I think I want to go to school. Okay. That's not really specific. Or I think I want a job. Well, okay. Everyone wants a job. Everyone wants to go to school. Let's be specific. What do you want to accomplish? I want to go to school for mechanical engineering to the University of Texas. That is specific, right? I want to work in, uh, I, want to be a, I want to be a data analytics expert for such and such firm in New York. Okay, that is specific. I want to be a financial advisor. That is, you know, for, you know, I don't know, Cowell Banker. Or I want to work for Trevor and his, in, you know, in, in his, and in, in for what he does you know, or whatever the case may be, that is specific. Why is that goal important to you? You know, it, it, it's not enough to just have a goal. It's got to be important because if it's important, you're going to do it, right? It's important because that's been my dream. I've always wanted to start my own business. It's a way that I can continue helping others. It'll help provide uh, for my family post-transition. Why is that a goal important? Who is involved in that goal, you know? Uh, is it just you? Is it your family? Is it your friends? Like who, who's involved with, with that specific goal that you have in mind? Where is it located? Is it local? Is it in another state, uh, geographic region, you know, et cetera. Um, and which resources or limits are involved, right? So you want to, you want to be specific and you want to realize, okay, what resource do I have available to achieve that, that first part of a goal? And what are my left and right lateral limits, right? So you want to make sure you can measure that. So that's specific. So those are some things uh, that I would say about specific. Uh, when you think measurable, right? You think how you measure this, how much is it going to cost? How much time is it going to take? How many? How many of, uh, uh, how, how many, um, how many times, how much, how, how many, uh, Resources am I going to need to attain that, right? That specific goal. How will I know when it's accomplished? Well, when you reach a goal, well, how do you know when you reach a goal? Well, when, when, you, when you've enrolled into school and you get at that acceptance letter from University of Texas says, Jose, welcome to mechanical engineering class of 2028. Well, okay, man, I've accomplished it. You know, uh, how many hours of work and effort are you going to have to put into that? So that's measurable. You have to be able to measure it. It's not about quality. It's about, uh, you have to, it's got to be quantifiable, right? Is it achievable? The A, you know, are you making a goal that's not achievable? You know, uh, you've never been a mountain climber and next week you want to go and be the first guy to do, uh, you know, all 14 summits across the world, whatever those are. There was a show on, on Netflix about this guy who, climbed all i think it's 12 or 14 summits he did it in six months but he's he's this experienced mountain climber but you me i'm not an experienced mountain climber you can't expect me to climb 12 summits next week and the next six months when i've never done it before so you have to make sure you're you're making achievable you're you're realizing it's an achievable goal how can you accomplish it what tools do i need how realistic is it look at look at the constraints have others accomplished the goal that you have and this, to Mike's point, is if others have, if chances are it's been done before, so you don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? 
chances are people have started businesses before. People have have started uh, podcasts before. People have gone to school before. People have transitioned before. You have plenty of these mentors that can help you. What financial factors are involved in achieving this goal? There's plenty of people out there that can help you with that. Small business administration, financial advisors. There's all kinds of resources out there that a person can use to make these to to make sure that you're achieving that goal. Is it is it relevant? Is it worthwhile? Is it worth your time and effort? Right? Do you have passion for it? Is it the right time? Right? Just because you're transitioning and you have this goal doesn't mean that this goal is right right now. It could be right six months from now. Right? Right. So then you can move that, you can move that finish line because okay, that's my ultimate goal. But let's find, let's do small victories so that I can attain that that big win at the end. Right. Um, does this does does the relevance, does it match your efforts and needs? You know, does that goal match that? Um, am I the right person? You may want to, you may want to achieve this goal, but frankly, you may just not be the right person for that goal. And that's where I say taking the S off your chest, being humble, swallowing your pride, whatever you want to term it. Sometimes we have to be, we have to have good uh, self-actualization to realize who we are and if we can really attain that goal or not. Okay. And we can't kid ourselves. You know, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and be Elon Musk. Uh, so, or we're not going to be, you know, uh, Lionel Messi or, you know, whatever other superstar tomorrow. So you have to be, you have to, you have to be true to yourself so that you can attain that goal. And is it applicable? You know, look at, look at our environment right now. And the example I'm giving you is socioeconomic environment, right? Look at what society is doing. Look at the direction society is moving in. Look at the economic uh, environment right now in society. Is that goal really a good fit for today's socioeconomic society? Right? Maybe it's not. Maybe now is not the right time because we live in a, you know, whatever culturally sensitive or not sensitive world. Right? So you, or you may have to adjust that so you can fit into that model. And then that goes into your morality, into your ethics. Are you willing to compromise that so you can fit into that? So, and then lastly, time bound. When? When are you going to start this? What, what can I do six months from now? What can, I, what can I do six weeks from now? What can I do today? Setting those small little things are going to help you achieve those smart, those, the ultimate goal, which is to make a smooth transition out of the military. But by putting this on paper, taking the time to write all this out, and it's okay if you don't know it all right off the bat. It's a rough draft. It's a work in progress. So little by little, you start developing it. So that's hopefully that, that kind of explains a little bit of SMART goals and how I see it and what I try to explain to people. So, yeah, and, you know, you were some of those things that you were talking about, like I was thinking about those. I think the big one, too, is it's like you, you said something about left and right limits, right? This isn't a straight line, man. That's It's a... It's a long winding river and, and you're going to don't write a goal down and then say, okay, this thing is concrete, right? There is no way that this is changing because like, you know, uh, to quote uh, the great 
Jeffrey Lebowski, some new shit has come to light, man. Right. And I don't know if you're privy to all the new information. So like, like I, like one of the greatest uh, examples of that, that Mike and I talk about on here all the time is John McCaskill, right. Wanted to get into like private equity or investment banking. And then he found mindfulness and look at that. He's a LinkedIn top voice now um, crushing it. He's got a horse that has more beautiful hair than he does. And, but, you know, that, that was just, uh, him taking, taking the opportunity, like the, the honor foundation, they push the 50 cups of coffee on you. Some guys do it. And the ones who do take advantage of it, they go out and do great things. Some guys don't, they're probably still doing okay, but, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there that they missed. Yeah. I really like to emphasize the time. I know we talk about it here a lot, but. That's the one thing most people, I know the med board guys and gals, they're really can be put under a time crunch, but most of us, for the most part, especially us that are retiring the 20 year plus people, you, you, you really got to control your, your time frame and, and start projecting out. Um, and a lot of us, you know, a lot of guys will drive that desk into the, to the retirement date thinking, man, this organization this, this service is not going to be able to survive without me. Well, guess what? That, that day you leave and you don't have that retired ID card yet and you try to get back in the gate, they don't give a shit who you are. You're nothing. And that service, that organization will continue to thrive just like you weren't there because right. you're not anymore. So, but the thing about the time, I think time, the better you plan and it comes into the planning we talk about, you know, the better you plan financially gives you options. The better you plan with your, you know, the better you are with your timing, that timing gives you options. You know, you have 12 months that gives you a lot more options than three months or six months. You you get a nice nest egg before you retire. That gives you time to turn down some things to say, uh, you know what, that's a great opportunity, but I think I'm going to pass on that one because I don't have passion for that. I'm going to, I got another couple irons in the fire and we'll wait to see if those develop. You know, we talked about school. Some of these high-end selective schools, like, you know, like Jimmy Hatcher went to Yale, they don't do rolling admissions. I don't, at least I'm, I'd be surprised if they do for undergrad, because guess what? They don't have to. They got people begging to go to that school, like Harvard. I think it's, what, 2,500 students and, you know, undergrad admitted a year. So, you know, and they're taking, what, like 5% or something like that. So they don't have to do rolling admissions. So by the you know, it's like nine months or 10 months lead time to have your admissions and for your admissions uh, packet into some of these higher end schools, if that's where you want to go. So, you know, so there, there you are right there. You really got to be ahead of things as you're getting out and you're starting to think about what's next. And then, you know, heck, as we're even talking about this, I go into, you know, I went into interview for a certain job. And then the hiring manager starts talking to me about something else. And I'm like, well, that really interests me. Not what we're interviewing about. Let's go look at this other thing. And then thankfully the, the job that they interviewed me for never came, you know, really never manifested. So I ended up doing this job that we ended up talking about in the interview. That was a great idea that the hiring manager had. So, you know, having, being able to plan and being flexible, I think is absolutely key. And not only financially, but, you know, time. I think is is absolutely necessary for folks' success. 
And that works out. That works out great too. If you're like the same boat I was in where things didn't go according to plan and uh, your, your pension and your VA disability got held up and you're working in a job where you're paid by commission. So, yeah. And you know, into the, and that's a good segue because the most common thing that occurs regardless of your separation circumstance is that there always is going to be a delay. And a delay in, in, in what, you, what you think, what a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to day, the day after I retire, man, I'm going to, or I separate, I'm going to get my, my paycheck. No, it does not occur that fast. Um, uh, what I've noticed in my experience and what I tell people uh, kind of going into a little bit into the financial aspect of, the, of this is have at least three months saved at a minimum, more if you can, like Mike was saying, plan, plan, plan save, 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 because typically enlisted, let's look at enlisted, at least in the Navy, enlisted, get out at the end of the month. Officers retire or get out at the beginning of the month. I don't know why they do it, but that's the way they do it. So if you're an enlisted guy, gal, and you're, you're separating at the end of the month and you do not complete your separation task and you did not plan, such as signing your DD-214 in time, when you leave the door, at least in the Navy, you're not immediately getting your DD-214 in your hand like you used to. Now you're waiting a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. What is that delay? It backs everything up. It backs your ability to enroll you and your family into TRICARE because you don't have a DD-214. It delays the process of updating your DEERS because you don't have that DD-214. It delays the process of enrolling and getting care at the VA because you don't have the DD-214. It also delays the process of filing a VA claim because you forgot to do it six months prior and now you're doing it after you retire or after you get out. And so that delays the process. Um, so it delays so many things. That one document is so important. And so, uh, you know, if I could stomp my feet right now, it'd be, I'd be jumping up and down to, to hint, hint, hint. That one document, if you don't have it, going to delay everything so yeah plan 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 and i'm going to take an opportunity to beat up on my previous organization especially since we're on this topic <laughs> speaking right. of my personal experience where my command did not file any of my de214 paperwork until the week after i retired hmm. uh, due to negligence i'll say but it has seemed it seems to me that the my previous organization that i retired from decided to in the last few years decided to lean let's say the personnel support aspect of of the service and and came up with the great idea of centralizing things and and and, and great idea fairy i think crept in and and it looked great on paper just like village stability operations for those of us that got to participate in that i won't even go there but Anyway, um, so it is almost, you know, I got a call that a, a guy from uh, the West Coast talking to Trevor ends up calling me about some potential congressional um, inquiry stuff about this. But um, the fact is, is, it looks like it's, I thought, it, you know, it may have just happened in my command, um, but I think it's starting to become rampant across the organization where folks are getting out, not having that piece of paper in their hand where they should have it well before 
because they should be afforded the opportunity to go over that thing, make sure everything's included, make sure there are no mistakes on there before the ink's dried on their separation and retirement date. That way, when they step out the gate, they have a no kidding DD-214 that they have laid eyes on and they have been able to correct. That way you're not doing the DD-215 that guess what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the I don't know what why we're in this mess right now. I, I, you know, the, and the thing about it is in the thing, you know, we look at it as a service right now, a lot of the services are focusing on mental health and suicide prevention and things like this. And we're looking at veteran suicide. You know, I, I was talking to that guy, you know, on the ride up to, uh, I was going out of town. I was talking to him in a car. You know, I think this can easily get into the mental health of folks because you put them on an Island in the middle of Iowa or in the middle of Kansas without a DD-214 in their hand, without the potential of any kind of benefit because you have none. If you don't have a DD-214, you have nothing. You don't have an ID card. You don't have a VA card. You have nothing. So now we're going to say, well, just hurry up and wait. Just hurry up and wait. We'll get it to you. Checks in the mail, homie. That's that's BS. It should not be like that. And they de- they deserve better. And the organization needs to get better at it. So I thought I'd get it. You know, just give me a little chance there to get on my soapbox and tell everybody's a bunch of crap. So prepare for the worst and hope for the best. But as it is right now, you better prepare for the worst. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, and it's still going on. Uh, I can speak to the Navy. I can't speak to the other services, but I can speak to the Navy and, and how that process is going. And uh, there's a, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of questions being asked at higher levels as to why this process isn't working. So this is part of that goal setting and planning and transitioning. And that's, that, honestly, that's one of my biggest pushes with all my service members that are transitioning, you know, and with the commands that they're at. I'm hounding them, I'm calling them. I just had one today. She just, she, this individual um, uh, just received her separation date and she has a month to get out. And, and, and you know, she, she, she's got to do this list that we're going over in a month. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Talk about jumping through some hoops, but that's, that's, that's why the program I work for exists because now I can be her advocate. They aren't still expecting her to work. Are they? Oh, but of course, but of course the, the best one I ever heard was a guy who worked for a Marine officer who said, yeah, you only need two weeks. That's all you get in the civilian world, right? Two weeks notice. Yeah. Totally different, but yeah, no, I couldn't agree. This is a good episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. something to definitely think about because, um, yes, that, uh, like planning that stuff, at least having an idea of what you're going to do. If, if this happens, uh, kind of like how we do individual, uh, action drills type stuff, but uh, yeah, so good stuff. Make sure you, you make some smart goals, hit up Jose on LinkedIn, um, hit me up and I'll introduce you to him. But, uh, you know, there's tons of other great people out there to help out with that. So we got uh, we got another episode. Uh, what's our next one going to be? The next one that I have, uh, you know, we're going to talk about uh, financial planning, pre-separation, oh. prepare for post-separation. Good. So, Man, I might be able to softball for Trevor. Yeah, I, I might be and, able to lend a hand with this one. So. And, 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 you know, here in Chicago, they play a different kind of softball, which which is a larger softball. So I really teed it up for you. Oh, OK, um, cool. cool. I, I, I forgot what it's called here, but the thing is like double the size of a regular softball. It's pretty hilarious to watch here. 
<laughs> I, you have to get a video of that and send yeah. it to me. So yeah, it's pretty cool. But cool. yeah, that would that would be the next topic. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and end this uh, episode one of this. Uh, it's eight parts right now, right? Our little eight part mini series. Yeah. Let me see. One. We'll uh, make it more if we have to. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. It's about, it's about eight parts. Yeah. yeah. We know yeah. we know the guys that run the show. So yeah. Cool. Jose, appreciate you coming out and sharing yeah. some knowledge with us. And then uh, we'll see you next episode. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net and let us help you get to vet.